welcome to another bonus episode of Business Meets Spirituality. In this week's episode, you will get a quick recap of the value of cultivating your emotional intelligence to get a more in-depth take on emotions and emotional resilience. Check out episodes 88 and 107 on our website or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. This was something I want to kind of the last part of this conversation with you guys today is all about emotional intelligence. Now, there was a book called Emotional um, EQ that came out, and I think in the 90s it was. Uh, there's actually a new one, that, a new version of this coming out that he's, he's rewriting for it. We'll kind of put some some notes in the in the chat box. You guys can um, pull up those books if you haven't read it. But one of the things that I really that I think really they, they speak to a lot in the book are all about emotions. So I wanted to kind of break down emotions for us today. You know, mo- um, first of all, emotions are not good nor bad. They're not good nor bad. The only reason why they're good or the only reason why they're bad is because we've labeled them that way with language and they associate a meaning for it. Emotions don't know they're called emotions. They're just energy. It's literally, we call it the one dance of life, which is the energy that flows through you. Because when you have all of the energy in the world, meaning that 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 dance that's happening, something really opens you up, right? I mean, really opens you up. You just get this mass of energy. And like, I, I gave this example the other day. I said, if you're, the, the last time you were head over heels in love, you know, whenever that was for you, I, I asked people, I said, well, you know, did it really matter what you were doing or what you were going after or what you, you know, where you were, or where you were living? And people are like, no, I didn't care because you had this overwhelming sense of energy rushing through your body. You didn't need anything else. Yeah, if it came, it was wonderful, but you were just so excited to be with this person, right? And then, you know, as we know, you know, the law of diminishing return can cause that to kind of go away, mainly because we block that over. But the main point is that you get this rush of energy kind of running through you. That is the dance of life. It's called Shakti, conscious energy, all that running through you, right? As that runs through you, the energy or uh, emotions the reason why we can articulate emotions with different words, like I ask you, what's the difference between anger and irritation? Now you may be able to use some words to point to it, but instantaneously when, when anger shows up, you go, oh, that's the feeling of anger, right? You don't go, the mind doesn't go, that's angry before it starts angry. It doesn't go, that's anger before you don't feel it. So what happens is we instantly feel something and in, in nanoseconds, your mind goes, that's anger because you've been, you are so good at identifying different levels of energy. Just like you, you understand what love feels like versus enthusiastic or enthusiasm or joy or peace is different than love. They have a different label because the energy feels different, right? So emotions themselves, love, joy, sadness, anger, are just emotions. It's where they actually exit, how your heart feels them, right? Because if I ask you, I said, you know, I've asked a lot of people, I said, you know, where are your emotions? And nobody's pointing to their hand right? Nobody's ever pointed to their head, by the way. We all, everyone points to their gut or their heart, right? Just like if I asked you, where are your thoughts? You know, that little voice that mimics reality and talks in English or whatever language you wanted to talk in. Yes, that voice, where is that? Nobody ever points their foot, right? So you have a very intuitive sense as what emotions are. And so I'm trying to bring that back into play and understand this and how you can use this in the business world and in the personal world, right? So there is, first of all, there are no good or bad emotions. The second component to this is most people, when they start to feel an emotion, by the way, and I'm just going to label it this way, positive or a negative emotion that you feel, you tend to resist it. 
it's like the reason why we go to our minds, the reason why we go to our, 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 the ego way of thinking is because an emotion of anger starts to come up and we don't want it to come up. So we try to shove it down and we go to our mind and say, I don't like the way this feels. You need to fix this mind. And the mind's going, okay, well, you need to go get another job then, <laughs> or you need to go make more money. And if you get more money, you'll feel better. Or you need to go get, you should go buy a car. You should go have an affair. You should go start a company or should do whatever it is trying to distract you. So you actually feel better. The poor mind, it's not, you're not against the mind. It's just doing its thing. You just give it an impossible task. So as these emotions come in, they start to hit us and we instantly recognize them. As we recognize them, we then decide, oh, is this a good one or a bad one? Or can I handle this? And most of the time, any emotion that comes in, you just can't handle right? If somebody's yelling at you and you start getting really angry and you, the anger comes in and, and becomes you, you didn't handle it. Yes, you were still there. You might not even said anything, but you still couldn't handle it, right? Versus when an emotion comes in, you just experience the emotion. You don't ever turn away an emotion. You don't ever pretend that it's not there. You don't ever shy away from thinking that I can't experience an emotion. If you're experiencing an emotion, experience it. And I promise you, the minute you start actually experiencing an emotion, the faster it'll go away. It's, it's like the minute the sun comes out on fog, it dissipates it, right? It just removes the fog. It's the same thing here. The minute you bring, you allow the emotion to do its thing, which is to bring some sort of awareness to you, to bring a little message of clarity behind the emotion, the emotion works its way through all the way through, and then you get the clarity. But most 99.9%, virtually every human being out there right now does not want to handle their emotions. So they don't want to touch them. So they actually block them off at the core. And so emotions are not good or bad. They just are. Language has then identified them as good or bad or in, in different scenarios here. Emotions are just there. They're just, anger doesn't know it's anger. It just knows it's energy being manifested differently. Just like consciousness doesn't, you know, manifest differently in a plant versus a rose or a human versus a dog. It's just, it's conscious, but it manifests differently. So anger doesn't know it's angry, anger. It just is. Love doesn't know it's love. It's just this overwhelming sensation of where it's manifesting from, right? So the, when do emotions become destructive? So that's the first thing I want to, I want to make sure that we're clear on is that there's no bad or good emotions. Number one, number two, don't ever deny the emotion you're feeling. It's like some people like that's where shame comes in. It's like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Well, if you feel this way, let yourself feel it, then just watch. I promise you the minute you can start feeling the emotion, it'll start to actually move on. You know, Yorkshire, you're in a, in a very high master uses this quote. He said, ignored guests quickly leaves. So the minute you just allow the experience, you allow the mind to do its thing. You allow the emotion to do its thing. It just goes, it just starts moving beyond itself. Right? So when do emotions become destructive? Emotions become destructive when one of two things comes in. And by the way, this is coming directly from the Dalai Lama. The guy that wrote the book spent a lot of time with the Dalai Lama. And he said, you know, basically the Dalai Lama said emotions are good or bad. Kind of, I paraphrase kind of in my own words, what he said there, that emotions are good or bad. And, and he said, well, he goes, the Dalai Lama said, but emotions can become destructive. And the interviewer asked, he said, are you sure you want to use the word destructive? And he asked him three times. He said, yes, absolutely. And so emotions can become destructive. And when two things happen. Number one, the emotion causes you to harm yourself or others. So when do emotions become destructive is number one, when the emotion causes you to harm yourself or others. Example, anger shows up. You get angry and you punch somebody. You get angry and you yell at somebody. 
You get angry and you just become cold to the person. It's like you shut them off, right? That is hurting somebody else. Anger didn't come up and show up so that you could go hurt somebody. That's irrelevant, actually. Anger is just showing up because you have something blocked and it's trying to help you. It's trying to get you through. It's trying to get out of you. When you store it painfully, it comes up painfully. So something tripped you outside, then anger starts coming up. You can be mature about it. You can go for a run. You can consciously deal with it, but don't ever become the anger because that's when it becomes destructive. And we know we can either, that can be the shame. That can be the self-talk that's debilitating. By the way, there wasn't anybody ever that ever killed themselves that didn't have that voice telling them to do so. I don't mean that lightly, right? It's literally that voice. They just get on that pattern of listening to that and becoming it and becoming it more. And that's when it becomes very destructive. The number two is when emotions can become destructive is when they shift your energy into a defensive position. So when your energy gets shifted into a defensive position, i.e. you get shifted out of your current state and you can't, and you can't go back to it. You're now no longer in consciousness. You're now the anger or whatever it is. So two things, one, when it hurts other people or hurts yourself. And number two, when it shifts your energy into a defensive position, it's kind of like the force, maybe with that force that's inside you, that energy that shifts the minute you become angry or irritated or jealous or fear of missing out, any of those emotional states that change you, if they change your state for more than a couple seconds, that's destructive because you're not operating from that place. Now, when they do that, you don't deny that that's happening. You just it go, there it is, it's shifting. Now, what do you do? Here's, here's what it is, right? What do you do? It's, it's people wanna know when, I, when I, my feet are on the ground, what do I do? You're in business. The phone's ringing. It's an agent that you know that you don't want to talk to, or it's a seller that's going to deliver some bad news or whatever it is. You feel that energy shift inside. You have to relax. Let me be clear on this. It's not, it's not the anger that you're relaxing. Please listen. It's not the anger or the irritation or the jealousy that you're relaxing. It doesn't know that. What you're relaxing is you. You're relaxing you who's witnessing and experiencing the energy. That's the only person you can actually relax. So as when you start small with this, somebody cuts you off in traffic, the weather is not the way it is. And somebody sent you an email or maybe somebody gave you some constructive criticism, but it, it didn't wreck your day. It just shifted your energy. Then you can go relax and release. But when you're relaxing, you're relaxing you. Don't touch the energy. Don't touch the emotion. Because when you touch the emotion, you're just feeding it. And that's what happens when they become destructive because you become it. And you just keep, and then that's when the mind starts going, well, I can do this, I can do that. And for wake up at two o'clock in the morning and you're going, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? Fear sets in. What if this goes on? So emotions have, are not wrong or right. They just are. But when they become destructive for us and stop serving, either liberating us or giving us messages or providing some level of clarity, Something comes in, you're actually able to allow the emotion to come through. It's painful when it's coming through. And the minute it's through, though, you're kind of like, oh, I see something different now. Because you do. You got rid of a part of you. That's liberating you. Liberation doesn't happen from you. It happens to you from those things happening. An example that I love to use is like if your arm has been asleep for a long period of time and you didn't know it was asleep because it's just there and so you're not thinking about it, then all of a sudden you recognize that your arm's asleep, right? What happens when your arm starts coming back to life? 
it becomes very painful before the life comes in there. It's the same thing here. As emotions feel stronger, it's like they're trying to wake you back up. They're trying to get rid of it so that the, when the emotions do come part in your life, they're just in your life and out of your life, right? Meaning that there was a really cool experiment that was done not too long ago that's in his book that talks about, um, they took a, a true yogi, which a, a true yogi is just somebody who's inwardly content, meaning that they're inwardly content, meaning that they're fine with life, they're surrendered to life. And then they took average people. And what they did is they had this experiment where they're going to like take a, a real sense of a lot of heat and put it on somebody's skin. And it was going to burn them up until basically right before a blister. And so they had these brain images and they had this, this contraptions on people monitoring their psychological and physical responses based on this administering of pain. This was recently. And so what they did is what they, what they found to make a long story short is they found that the average person before they were even coming close to administering the pain had this psychological response. The brain lit up that was through the roof. That's that voice going ballistic. How can you do this? And while the pain was being administered, they had the physical pain and they had the psychological pain. The minute the pain was actually, they stopped the psychological pain continued on being shown that is highlighted in the brain for long periods of time. When they found them with true yogis is before the pain was administered, there was zero physical or psychological response. When the pain was actually being administered, meaning they actually felt the pain, there was a physical response. The minute the pain was done, there was no longer a physical or psychological response. That is an awakened being. That is you being present in the moment. So when, you, when you're in the moment, somebody kicks you or punches you, you're going to feel the pain. You feel it. And then as soon as it's gone, it's gone. You're not thinking about why that happened or why it didn't happen, all these different things. You've moved on past that, right? So emotions serve, they, they just are. They're not bad nor good. And so I bring this up because these emotions drive so much of our daily actions in business and in life. And so what I want you to start doing is start using these practices that we learned here today, start small, but just start paying attention to when these emotions do become destructive. The other yesterday or the day before I was feeling this emotion and I could start, I was, there was a lot going on. I could feel this anxiousness emotion. This email came in and I responded out of that, that state. And then I was like, Oh shit. Right. It was one of those things. It wasn't terrible, but I just, it wasn't, there was too much, there was personal in there. Right. And it shouldn't have been personal. So before I did anything else, before I did anything else, and I had a pile of stuff to do, I stopped and I just took like 90 seconds to two minutes of just short meditational breaths. And it just allowed the motion. I sat there, the motion, the motion to work its way through so I could get back to a clear state and actually then respond to what I had to do. And then I started writing emails because if I just had become that emotion for the rest of the day, no matter how long it stayed with me, that residue of the emotion, I was going to be responding from that interaction with people, interaction with your kids, your partners, all of that. So work on these things. As they show up, you're not going to be perfect. It's like if you start playing the piano, you're not going to be Beethoven, right? So you got to start working through these things. As they show up, relax and release and remember who's relaxing. That's you who's in there. This will give you clarity to solve the problems that you're, that you're facing in business because they show up constantly. And the best thing about this and the gift that you have with this is that you're actually going to end up with a whole heck of a lot less suffering in your life, which then actually puts you on a path to get more of what you're actually looking for in the first place. Thank you for joining us for this bonus episode of Business Meets Spirituality. 
To get free resources to help with your growth in 2022, go to adamhergenrother.com slash resources. Again, that's adamhergenrother.com slash resources. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening.